You Found Rebirth, a podcast to inspire. I'm Kate Breton, your host, and I'll guide us through stories of intuitive courage and empowered living. Today's episode is the last of a four-part series on mindset. I love how this journey moved through for us, and today we'll talk about, well, what's next? You know, what do we do with this? What can we expect? And why that sludge of non-resistance and those roadblocks that come up, why they are to be expected and what we can do about them and the power of vision, but also the power that each of us has to hold for another. So I, I hope that you, I know, actually, I know I have full confidence that if you're here, you will enjoy this episode. And at the end of this episode, if you're thinking like, okay, I'm ready, like I'm going to do it. I have two things you can think about. If you're listening to this in real time, uh, tomorrow, um, ends our registration for a step into the spiral, which is a, like about a three week journey, um, online recorded to help build your intuition and to help bring you more confidence because those two things actually end up linking up to be very practical, embodied and um, necessary skill sets for living in an alignment. And if you are feeling that you're ready to like really jump in for it, then go to katebrenton.com and sign up for Roots to Rise. Send me a DM message and reference this this podcast and we'll talk soon. Okay. As always, thank you for tuning into Rebirth. And if you find something here that you see as a resource, pass it on to another. Stay connected. Learn more at katebrenton.com. Hi there. Thank you for tuning in for the last episode of this mindset series. We've talked about the power of our awareness, um, not splitting our focus, not letting any hand do the task that is ours. So, so what do we do from here, right? So we have some insight and we have this idea that there is this great unfolding from inside out into our lives across the course of our life. And if you're listening to this and you're at a cross section or, you know, you're, you're finagling or figuring, it's like, what, what do you do? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And the first quote, the first seed I'm going to plant with you is that hopefully by listening and probably doing other things in your life, but listening to the series, we can come to the conclusion that mindset is not woo-woo. It is not woo-woo to set an intention and practice the maintenance of that intention by fortifying your focus, disciplining your your day, and clearing your mind of doubt. Um, So it's not woo-woo. Those things are actually, they make great bullet points, but they ask a lot of you as a human being to be able to achieve those things. And there is um, a man who has an oracle card set, and he recently put out this quote, and I wrote it down. It was like so great coming from him. It was, you can't vibe your way out of being human. You can't vibe your way out of being human. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, you know, the power of vision, but also the the goal and then the skill, the skill set of non-resistance, of non-resistance. So when we're, when we're maintaining our focus, um, when we're rolling along, what do you do when the residue arises? 
you know what I mean? Like, have you been doing all the things right? And then either you wake up and you just have one of those days where you're like, why am I so cranky? Why is everything going wrong? Like, I went to bed last night. I was feeling totally hopeful. I woke up this morning. Have you had that? Florence Scovel Shin talks about right before, well, a lot of people talk about this, but I'm going to use her parlance. Um, you know, the, it's always dark, darkest before the dawn, right? That this kind of mentality. She talks about when you uh, plant this new seed, right? That you want to change in your consciousness. And she, her phrase is that you have to um, like crank your victrola. Like you have to crank up that affirmation, crank up that intention. And you keep saying it and saying it and saying it. But what you're also doing is you're, like you're fortifying that, that mind chatter, right? We, we default to like negative, it's not something like crazy, like 72,000 thoughts a day. Like how many of those do you think are positive? Um, so you, you, you turn the Victrola of your mind and you, you pump up this, um, you're overriding is what you're doing in this reprogramming. You're, you're sending this message to your synapses, you know, one that like one of hers is I have wonderful work in a wonderful way with wonderful people for wonderful pay. Just, it makes you smile just to say it. So she says, as you're turning this record and as it starts to penetrate in, into your subconscious, you're going to meet the things in the subconscious that say that's not true. Isn't that an amazing image? Like your conscious mind is like, yeah, I'm great. I'm great. You know, you know, you're doing all the things. You bought the soy candle. You're moving along or whatever. Or maybe, maybe it doesn't even have to be some sort of trite example. Maybe, you know, even in your conscious mind, you, you've, you've really been bulldozing and I'm um, doing everything right and you're frustrated because there's still confusion and there's still doubt and that doesn't seem very fair and it it's not it's, it's not fair um, I'm not going to minimize that but the insight that she gives us is that as we as we're penetrating our subconscious with this new perspective of ourselves and how we're going to be um, deciphering life what the subconscious will throw up which is a great phrase actually is the beliefs that have taken up residence that are counter to that. So if you um, decide, like in one of the episodes I talked about, just accepting the compliment of the artist to allow the seed, that identification as, uh, as artist, to allow it to come into your field. And then, of course, you would take up the pursuit of the craft. So to accept that seed of being the artist, you would have to let go of let's say just randomly you know the third grade teacher that didn't like your work and the and the um the parent that made one offhand comment <laughs> let's not even make it about the parents or the parent that made one offhand comment that got lodged in your subconscious like all of those little blockades are going to come up um and sometimes they don't come up like oh this is a negative thought that is directly correlative to the positive thought that I am working on. It comes up with crappy attitude, exhaustion, depression, body aches. I'm, I'm using small examples. I guess this would be the disclaimer for this. Like I'm not trying to white, like I'm not trying to cover over major human conditions. I'll just put this one disclaimer right here. We're talking here about you, um, accepting these tools as they're relative to your life and relative to the size of the problem that you are um, encountering. And of course, professional help would be needed for whatever you deem necessary, right? I don't know your personal situation. 
but I have seen in myself and others that when, when you're getting close and that flush, that off gassing, that throwing up of, um, the negative, the things that have blocked that positive interpretation of yourself, I'm just saying negative and positive as polarities, right? Cause we're really wanting the neutral neutral would be where infinite possibility resides because you're not resisting anything. Um, you're allowing. So when the body goes, when, when the subconscious starts to release those thought process, uh, the, the negative ones, many of you who are listening to this have felt that in your physiology. That's how the human existence works. If you are cut off from your body, you're not going to feel it. It doesn't mean that it isn't how things work. There's plenty of things that are going on in this world that I have no idea exist. doesn't mean they're not happening. They're just not a part of my sphere. So, you know, your, your body digests your dinner. You're not paying attention to it. It's still happening. Some of us are paying more attention to others and we might have better assimilation of nutrients, you know? So, and I just want to put that out there that, that it, that when that residue comes up, it can come in a bunch of different ways. And I'll speak for myself. Sometimes then I, I I don't always acknowledge that it's a residue and it can pull me if I buy into it, you know, if I react and embrace it, then it can pull me further off course. But if I, if I can acknowledge like, Oh, what if, what if this is like me releasing, you can feel like sometimes you feel the slightest tremor of acceptance. Bob Proctor, one of the guys from the secret, he talks, he has a great phrase about the law of non-resistance. Quote, resistance is a signal that you are moving into a new area. However, whatever you resist persists. So do not resist the resistance. So great. The law of non-resistance. I'm going to read it again for you. The resistance or resistance is a signal that you are moving into a new area. However, whatever you resist persists. So do not resist the resistance. I think this is like such a great quote on resistance. And let me tell you why this is this, this goes right into why your intuition is a critical life skill. It is a critical life skill because when you're moving back into alignment, there are, there are there universal truths? Yes. Are there one size fits all actions as representations of universal truth? No, unequivocally not, especially at one t certain tiers of coming back into alignment. There are absolutely not. And you know, I, I strike that about tiers because who, how, who am I to even know? I don't know the construct of the universe. So are there universal truths? Absolutely. Is there, are there one size fits all prescribed actions to universal truths? No. Just look at how we have preferred desserts to let you know there is no way that everyone would have the same response. So there's one phrase I've heard that says, you know, you cultivate the opposite to get what you want. So there's these, there's these hints that if you're, you know, to use an, an overused example, if you're somebody who can never stay still, you need to sit down. If you're someone who never moves around, you need to get up. 
both of those would be examples of cultivating the opposite and coming into alignment of internal balance. It's not great to never leave overproduction, not helpful. Under striving, also not helpful. Balance, knowing when one is the other. And I think the exhaustion is particularly up for me right now because I am, um, you know, part of my, in my constitution, in my nature, doing more has not, not been a problem for me. And especially the doing and the, the yang, the yang of it, the, the action of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that in the decade that I'm in, life is really wanting me to move to resourcing another skill set. Um, so my, 20-year-old response to being tired would just be to push through and keep going. And I think that was exactly the correct response because I also had no problem shutting off. Like I, that was a great balance for me. But as we're moving longer and people are going to say, oh, you're getting older. It's because you're tired. I don't, I, I don't mind that, but I'm going to pause because when I hear people say that, they are disregarding that there are other skill sets and sensibilities that one may have access to for living their life longer. So I'm not shying away from age. I definitely don't have the um, extensive resources of energy of my youth, but in a lot of ways, I'm stronger than I was in my youth. I'm more embodied than I was. Um, and I have the good fortune of being very healthy. So I'm not experiencing things that I, I that I want to do that I cannot do. Um, and that is one of the graces of, of this incarnation for me. That's something I've been um, given for whatever reason. So when I go to like the slowing down, and I, I think there's a very, uh, you know, I'm seeing it because people that are around my son are like, oh, I'm old. Oh, this hurts. And then my son, he's like four. And I'll be like, oh, this hurts. I say, don't talk to you about your body like that. Don't start, don't, we don't talk about bodies being old and hurting. We don't talk about bodies being too old. We could talk about bodies being too tired. We could talk about bodies needing a break. We could talk about bodies needing help. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but I think it ties into that non-resistance. So it's like, we don't have to say, oh, because I have reduced energy, I'm too old. Because, I, oh, I can't output that same way, but life and myself are meeting in this, um, co-create a desire to do so there has to be another way it must be asking me to do something finding another skill set finding another um, resource inside so that's why there's not you know there's universal truths but there's there's not one size fits all there's universal truths there's not one size fits all for age there's universal truth there's not one size fits all for um, orientation, um, parent, non-parent, engineer versus artist, list goes on, you know, situation. Um, okay. So recently I was super tired, like ridiculously super tired. And I had a deadline on something and, um, it, this is so simple, but it was like, I was going to push through because of the deadline. And part of the reason I was so tired is because my son is, um, like when kids go through certain phases of development, sometimes their sleep patterns get disrupted. And we were going over on two and a half weeks of some serious um, 
um, sleep disruption, which he was rebounding from much better than I was, right? Age, case in point. And I literally had to acquiesce to my body, my internal voice saying like, you need to rest. And then I realized this is so simple, right? I needed to rest in that moment because if I did, I would wake up in the morning, right? Ready to go. Now, I know this isn't terribly clever, but it was a pattern shift for me to not complete the task when I said I was going to. I was still on deadline. I was still on deadline um, at 24 hours before deadline, actually. But I don't know. I think sometimes when we share really trite examples, it, it gives the um, arc for larger ones. Like what's the pattern shift? I had to stop resisting what needed to happen in that moment, you know? The law of non-resistance. Resistance is a signal that you are moving into a new area. However, whatever you resist persists. Do not resist the resistance. That's Bob Proctor. And he also talks about this um, a little longer. I'm going to share this with you. The law of non-resistance is probably one of the most challenging laws to master because humans are conditioned to resist and react in all situations instead of responding. So it's like things aren't going my way. And then you like complain, which, you know, Florence Scovelson and Neville Goddard have like broken that habit for us, right? Like they've, they've articulated for that. So they either resist something or react. So if we don't like something, we either like turn on the TV, eat sugar or react, yell, push, you know, so how do we just meet the thing? Understanding this law, this is back to Bob Proctor, understanding this, oh, I'm sorry. I just, uh, here we go. I apologize. I'm not cutting that up. Okay, he says this law could be called the law of detachment too. Understanding this law could be a big turning point and revelation in your life because it calls for you to live with uncertainty and no attachment to the process or the outcome. When you meet with obstacles, you must let go of the resistance and allow the difficulties to flow through you without affecting you. See the challenges as stepping stones. I know a friend of mine, uh, Lisa O'Rear, just posted about, I don't, uh, not, I have to, but I get to. And honestly, even if you don't believe it, if you say that about a problem, it change, you can feel it change your body chemistry. So shout out to Lisa O'Rear. You can follow her on Instagram. She's a fantastic uh, yoga instructor. Okay. See the challenges as stepping stones. Simply flow like a stream or river does. When it encounters a boulder in the way, it doesn't waste its energy on how to move the boulder. It simply flows around it. You too can look for ways to flow around the challenges. The new flow you develop will eventually lead to the vast ocean, tapping into your inner strength and truth. Stay in the flow and you get to your end goal in an easier way. Be committed to your goal or vision, but unattached to the outcome and flexible in the process. Go with the flow of divine timing. Be committed to your goal. So this is the unattachment. When I first heard like, the Buddhist concepts about not, you know, being desireless. I was like, that makes no sense, but it's not, not caring. It's not, not doing. It's staying in the flow and get to your end goal in an easier way. A new flow you develop will eventually lead to the vast ocean, tapping into your, your inner strength. Be committed to your goal or vision, but unattached to the outcome and flexible in the process. Go with the flow of divine timing. Okay, so, you know, what do we know from all of these people that are telling us how to manifest these changes, to, to, to cultivate this mindset? 
Everyone tells us to hydrate, drink water. Some practices even you uh, read, um, read something influential, positive and inspiring, and then drink water. You can write something on your water glass. You know, you can pray an intention into your water. Get sleep. Most of us uh, are not, I could quote you so many studies, you can Google them. Many adults in America are not getting enough sleep. That is the reparation time. If we aren't having reparation time, then we have inflammation. If we don't, if we have inflammation, then we have dis-ease in the body. We're not processing our food, right? We're not repairing ourselves. That is energy that's going to be attended to first. We're not going to have clear thinking if we are dehydrated and exhausted. We're just not. Here's the other thing. I've said this in, I think, episode two. Apparently, 80% of us are not breathing to the fullest capacity. So we're dehydrated, we're exhausted, and we're under oxygenated. I mean, hello, this is stuff that's like super basic. This is that your car would stop working if we treated ourselves like that or treated our cars like that. Okay. So when you're like, Kate, I need $7,000 to pay my monthly bill. Yeah, I understand. But the inflammation and the agitation is not opening you up to getting into parasympathetic where uh, solution-based thinking comes from. It doesn't make us receptive, open shoulders, open heart, uh, and, and sending out that frequency of confidence if we're exhausted, dehydrated, and under-oxygenated. We're just like, I just need to get through. I just need to get through. It's like, listen, I've given this example so many times. If you have good news, you go into a room and somebody looks pissed off. You're going to be like, I am not going to waste this moment of good news on someone to go, uh, I'll hold it. I'll wait. Think about that as the universe. Listen, I'm just as guilty of this. Why do you think I'm making this podcast? We're human. We need to do this together, right? We need to get in alignment together. We, we, as I was taught, you know, you surrender your personal desires for the alignment of the greater good and you will be astounded at what comes. But here's the thing. We have to not resist it. And you're going to be like, Kate, I'm not going to resist somebody handing me $7,000. No, I won't either. But in our mind, if our subconscious chatter is mostly that we really messed up, we're not forgiving ourselves, we're carrying shame, we're carrying guilt, we're beating ourselves up. We're not giving our body like the nourishment and the relaxation that it needs to provide for us. Then we're resisting what we're asking for. Okay, so we need to hydrate, we need to get good sleep, we need to move the body to calm the mind. We know this. You can't vibe your way out of being human. You need to feed yourself good things. Feed yourself with good things. Feed yourself with good things. Water, sleep, nutrition of body, nutrition of mind, nutrition of emotions. Okay, and then... Okay, you ready for this one? We have to believe. And we need to fortify the belief with faith. Mindset is not woo-woo. This is the hardest part, I think. And if you're going to say, I don't have time for all the hydrate and the sleep, and it's like, 
you know, priorities. I, I'm really believing that we can, you know, we're not always going to be able to because we're living in a culture that doesn't provide us that expansiveness. But if we do a little bit better, then we're going to be able to do a little bit better. So instead of just throwing out the entire idea, we'll just do a little bit better. Yeah. So when it comes to belief and faith, here's the thing. We're going to talk about Florence Scovel Shin, right? So have you heard the phrase where two or more are gathered? Well, she talks about that. I guess she, people would, people would come to her, you know, to the, and, and she doesn't exactly use the word healing. She says that she would speak the word and she would do demonstrations. And I, I really like the word demonstration. So someone would come for it with a problem and she would give an affirmation back. Um, like that one I shared with you, I have wonderful work in a wonderful way. I work with wonderful people for wonderful pay, you know? And so she's giving, she says your affirmation needs to resonate with every cell of your body because it, you, your word is your wand. Your word is your wand. And we've all spoken words to ourselves and others that we wish we could erase. So we need to clear that deck. So you think about hydrating the system, getting the sleep, turning down the inflammation, moving the body and calming the mind are all ways to help lubricate the system to hydrate our thinking. So back to the idea of where one or more are gathered, people would come to her and, and she said, you know, they, they would come with a problem and we do this, right? Like they would need someone else to hold the space of belief for them. She says, quote, he needed someone to help him hold the vision. This is what one man can do for another. She, she cites the Bible. She says, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. So it will be done. There is a potency and frequency that will be responded to by divine ordination. Florence Scovelshin goes on to say, the friend or healer sees clearly the success, health or prosperity and never wavers because he is not close to the situation. It is much easier to demonstrate for someone else than for oneself because if someone tells me I need $7,000 to pay my bills, I'm like, yeah, you deserve it. I'm not privy to all of the other thoughts they've thought in their head that they have to shovel through. I am just going to potentize. Yeah, I think you should have your bills paid. I think everyone should have their bills paid with ease so that they can go back to hydrating and breathing and enjoying being human and creating a new, abundant, and compassionate way of being. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you should do that. Isn't it so affirming in your heart space when someone is like, yeah, I see you, I hear you, and I believe in that too. I believe in that, meaning you. I mean, I believe in you too. I believe you're worth it. I, I think you deserve it. The friend or healer sees clearly the success, health, or prosperity and never wavers because he is not close to the situation. It is much easier to demonstrate for someone else than for oneself. So a person should not hesitate to ask for help. Now, my personal disclaimer would be vet your help. Don't go to someone who's going to ask you about the hows and the what's and the this 
this is the time where you only place that vulnerable seed with a vetted person that believes in you unequivocally. And if we don't currently have that, then share it with an animal, a plant, or a prayer. Don't add on to your space of clearing. But remember, this is what one man can do for another. This is what a person can do for another. This is what you can do for someone else. A key, back to Florence Gobelshin. A keen observer of life once said, no man can fail if some one person sees him as successful. A keen observer of life once said, no man can fail if some one person sees him as successful. Such is the power of vision. Don't block that person believing in you. Scoville even says it. She would have someone come to see her, but then instead of preparing, so so much about abundance and money, so, you know, instead of believing until the last minute, they would plan for the their perception of an inevitable failure. And she said, well, then why'd you even come to me? If you weren't even going to, like, I'll believe with you, but you got to do the work. This, this is, this is, mindset is not woo-woo. Mindset is not, oh, I'll read all these things and then I find a friend and it's the friend's job to maintain this vibration for me. No, it's your job to maintain the, the vibration. And a friend, a healer, a coach, a vetted, vet, I mean vetted by somebody that you can trust with your heart space, magnifies your vision. They help push it over past just the wavering of your own consciousness as it is rising to its strength. That is what someone can do for you. And that is what you can do for another. That is the power of vision. You cannot vibe your way out of being human. You have to meet the things that will come up the resistance that comes up with non-resistance. What is that quote? I'm going to read that for you one more time. Hope you are okay with my page turning. The law of non-resistance. Resistance is a signal that you are moving into a new area. However, whatever you resist persists. Do not resist the resistance. I hope this was helpful for you. I want to leave you with this gorgeous, rather long code, really, that Channing Nichols wrote in a, astrologer wrote in a horoscope a couple of years ago. And I wrote the whole thing down because I, I think it's gorgeous. And I think it ties everything in together. Feel free to uh, replay this for yourself, okay? I commit to continuing the cultivation of my craft. We are all given talent, but it is not enough. I call on my work ethic to work with me. I call on the energy of gratitude to enter my days as I work with what I have been given. I ask that gratitude guide my relationships with these talents so that growth is encouraged. I ask to be grateful for all 
that I am committed to and that I commit with greater ease and even joy. When I commit to it, it commits right back to me. This kind of relationship can move mountains. I am gratefully responsible to the creative gold I have been given. I ask for the energy of abundance to move through me, not for me, but through me for others, for whomever needs it, for whatever work in the world could use it. I have nothing but complete confidence that I will be provided with it because I do the work that is mine to do. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go get them. Thank you for tuning into the Rebirth Podcast. If you're starting to wonder, hmm, how can I change my mindset? I invite you to book a discovery call. Go to katebrenton.com, click on work with Kate and schedule a discovery call. Perhaps Root to Rise is the right program for you. It creates momentum, movement, and the mindset for you to root into your goals and rise to the life that is calling to you. See you back here next week.